when it comes to literature and poetry <clears throat> and such matters, and when it comes to the oceans and the many symbols around the oceans and sailors and sailing, and the centuries where sailing was the way to get from one place to the other, the original airliner, and in case some of you didn't know, a lot of the airplanes that you would see were funded when it came to war machines specifically, like uh, uh, the Spitfire, etc. They usually have a name that comes to something marine or something navy. It's uh, essentially because a big part of that was um, the navy was in the, the sea-faring warrior battleships and so forth were basically the strong part of the uh, vehicles that would be moving forces and, and attacking or uh, traveling. And that used to be the main way to do it. So when the airplane started to become not just an invention, but started to be developed to actually go out, do reconnaissance, uh, reconnaissance missions, uh, bombing, firing, fighting in the air, and all these other things, the budgets came from the Navy and so forth. That's why you often find those names, like the, the Spitfire Marine and so forth and, and so on. So, um, and so the Royal Air Force, for example, in England came after that. So then the Spitfire is associated with the Royal Air Force. But initially, um, if I'm not mistaken, I, do, I can be stood corrected here. Um, the original funding does come in part from the Navy. That would, have, that would have been where most new technology would have started or, or been initially funded to go from prototype to development of uh, the second generation. All right, well, without any further ado, <laughs> the reason I, I, I'm bringing all these different topics and the history of it and the literature of it and so forth is because I stumbled upon an article that talks about the albatross. The albatross uh, is a bird, for those who didn't know, uh, it's a bird, and he's come across it in literature quite often as a sort of a stumbling bird who sort of has a has trouble walking around or landing rather, and um, and uh, is uh, sort of between the earth and the sea in many ways. Uh, reminder to um, sailors of the proximity of the uh, sea and of land, and as well as being uh, a bad omen. Uh, if something goes wrong to an albatross. And I could have read parts of the Rime of the Ancient Mariner, which is one where, for those of you who are in the English language as the first language, you may have come across Samuel Taylor Coleridge. If not, I would suggest you'd find, Google the name, and read the Rime of the Ancient Mariner. Uh, you may find it dated, but you will enjoy the reading of it, and you'll see that particular example of the importance of the albatross and why it brings bad omen if something goes on it, and how sailors, if they saw that, suddenly would think, okay, we'll, the wind will drop and we'll be stuck at sea. And um, that's uh, you know just a few of the, the stories and lines that go around the albatross and its importance in literature and storytelling when it comes to sailing and, and, uh, and the oceans and boats on the oceans and so forth. So here is a, an article that relates the a situation of the albatross uh, and climate change. And more specifically, uh, it's going to be relating to most of the animals and whether they are fish, birds, uh, or other than humans. Um, if the oceans are affected by climate change, it means that the birds and all of those who do eat 
like such as the albatross and others, from picking up plankton at the surface, uh, that plankton will not be in the same places anymore. Subsequently, you'll find populations of birds and fish um, suffering, and uh, you will find their numbers diminishing over time. And does that mean less fish? Well, humans who eat fish and uh, who use fish for other elements within the, the food chain will also be seeing consequences to this new development, which is anthropogenic, created by man, and is part of the climate change developments that we've been trying to avoid and that some are still trying to limit and slow down and uh, raise attention to, such as this podcast. So here is the article that came out in The Guardian, and it came out November 24th, and it's called Climate Crisis Pushes Albatrosses' Divorce Rates Higher. Part of a study, actually. Researchers say warmer waters mean birds are traveling further for food and becoming more stressed, triggering relationship breakdowns. Right, well, you know, it sounds like a topic more on migration, and we could have used humans as an example. They are very um, cleverly uh, speaking about the albatrosses. So here comes the article. Albatrosses, some of the world's most loyally monogamous creatures, are divorcing more often. And researchers say global heating may be to blame. In a new Royal Society study, researchers say climate change and warming waters are pushing black-browed black albatross breakup rates higher. Typically, after choosing a partner, only 1-3% to 3 would separate in search of greener romantic pastures. But in the years with unusually warm water temperatures, that average consistently rose, with up to 8% of couples splitting up. The study looked at a wild population of 15,500 breeding pairs in the Falkland Islands over 15 years. For seabirds, warmer waters mean less fish, less food, and a harsher environment. Fewer chicks survive. The birds' stress hormones increase. They are forced farther afield to hunt. As some of the most loyal partners of the animal kingdom, the love lives of albatrosses have long been a subject of scientific study. There are all these things we think of as being super, super duper human, says Dr. Graham Elliott, principal science advisor at New Zealand's Department of Conservation, who has been studying albatrosses in the country's waters for three decades. The birds lend themselves to anthropomorphism, living for 50 to 60 years. They have a long, awkward teen phase as they learn how to seduce a mate through dance and take year-long trips away from home as they mature. They usually to mate for life and loudly celebrate when greeting a partner after a long absence. But now, they increasingly share, they increasingly share another rite of passage that may sound familiar to young humans. Under stress from the climate crisis, working long hours to eat, or longer hours to eat, and faced with the logistical difficulties of a traveling partner, some are struggling to maintain relationships. Francesco Ventura, researcher at University of Lisbon and co-author of the Royal Society study, said the researchers were surprised to learn that warmer waters were associated with unusually high rates of albatross couples splitting up, even when the lack of fish were accounted for. Albatrosses' divorce was usually predicted by a reproductive failure, Ventura said. If a, fa if a pair failed to produce the chick, 
they had a higher chance of splitting up. Less food for birds could lead to more failures. But the researchers were surprised to find that even when they accounted for that, higher water temperatures were having an extra effect, pushing up divorce rates even when reproduction was successful. Ventura floated two possible reasons. One, that warming waters were forcing the birds to hunt for longer and fly further. If birds then failed return for a breeding season, their partners may move on with someone new. Added to that, when waters are warmer and in harsher environments, albatross stress hormones go up, Ventura said. The birds may feel that and blame their partner. We propose this partner-blaming hypothesis with which a stressed female might feel this physiological stress and attribute these higher stress levels to a poor performance of the male, he says. I can't wait for the day when Jerry Springer picks up on this and runs a show with them. Um, the research comes as many international albatross populations are in trouble. Their numbers are plummeting, Elliot. The populations of wandering albatross that he studies were now declining at rates of 5 to 10% every year and has been dropping since around 2005. Those dropping numbers come as a result of less prey, warming seas, and increasing encounters with tuna. Sorry. Ah, sorry, I had a, <clears throat> an interruption there. Those dropping numbers come as a result of less prey, warming seas, and increasing encounters with tuna-lined fishing boats, which accidentally catch and kill the birds. Dropping population numbers were changing the birds' mating patterns in other ways, Elliot said. With more homosexual couplings appearing, we're getting male-male pairs amongst the birds on Antipodes Island, which we haven't had before, he said. A few percent of the boys are pairing up with another boy because they can't find a female partner. The Royal Society study had looked at the population of black-browed albatrosses in the Falkland Islands where numbers were still strong and where divorce was not catastrophic, Ventura said. Birds could find other partners, but he said the same dynamics could apply to other albatross populations and have a more damaging effect where bird numbers were more fragile. If we're talking about a population with a much lower number of breeding pairs, that disruption of a bond might definitely induce some disturbance in the regular breeding processes, he said. Now, Elliot hopes that some of the sympathies people have for albatrosses could motivate changes in behavior to address the environmental threats the birds are facing, particularly climate change and tuna fishing. We kind of need an international campaign to save these birds, Elliot says, if we don't turn it around they'll go extinct. And voila. I hope you enjoyed this article. And, uh, you know, I understand that it may come across as somewhat humorous in, in many respects. But from a general point of view, it's a quick reminder that we're not able as a species, and many species ahead, albatross, uh, we've looked at different forms of uh, living species in the oceans. Nobody is able to adapt fast enough to climate change. And the question is, how fast can humans adapt? Think of a growing population, food reduction, natural resource reduction. Um, the question is going to come if it's not already being addressed by some. And um, this all could be less painfully uh, managed, if I may say. 
The name of this article, which was um, authored by Tess McClure, is Climate Crisis Pushes Albatross's Divorce Rates Higher. Thank you very much for listening, and until the next recording.